Today's episode is brought to you by Pet Angel Adoption and Rescue. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Call of Leadership podcast, where we interview people from our Michigan community who answered the call of leadership. We'll hear their powerful stories and get their advice so that we can be better leaders for ourselves, our family, and our community. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois, and today's guest has a resume that reads like a who's who in Michigan business circles. He's on the board of directors for the U.S. Travel Association, the National Council of State Tourism Directors, Detroit Metro Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Motor Cities National Heritage Association. The list goes on and on. But you probably know him for the work that he and his staff have put into those commercials that permeate our favorite television shows. I'm talking about the Pure Michigan campaign. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Dave Lorenz. Dave, how are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you, Cliff. You know, those resumes, you always have to wonder how much of that is true, but uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure to do what I do. Uh, I, I happen to uh, lead a small team of uh, 10 people at Travel Michigan, and then we, we get the assistance of uh, several others at the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. And, and then I'm really blessed to be able to work with people at the national level and statewide and, and local communities. So, um, you know, it's, it's a team effort. I'm really happy to be able to, to work uh, the way I do. Yeah, and I actually move in the world of marketing. So I've got some lovely marketing style questions for you about the Pure Michigan campaign. Hmm. But uh, before we get into that, let's take a little trip back in time. Why don't you tell the audience where you're from, where you grew up? Yeah, sure. Um, actually, I grew up in a little town called Cloverville. It's a suburb of Fruitport, I like to say. And everybody says, where is that? Um, basically, it's between Muskegon and Grand Haven in, in West Michigan, the Lower Peninsula. And I actually don't live that far away from there right now. I live in Norton Shores, just, I don't know, probably less than 10 miles away from where I grew up. Came back here after I attended Western Michigan University, studied uh, communications there. And after that, I was in radio for several years. And then uh, as the radio business changed in ways I really didn't like, you know, basically uh, local control and ownership changing to more of a, a group ownership, just just didn't like the way that was going. Went to Meyer Corporation, great West Michigan, owned and operated firm, uh, worked for Fred Meyer, this very great man and his wonderful family and people who really understand the value of people and team and teamwork. Very blessed to be able to work for them. And, and that, interestingly enough, led me to Travel Michigan about 18 years ago. George Zimmerman was the travel director then, and he was looking for somebody with my kind of strange background. And um, he and I were able to uh, work together for a long time. And I really blessed for having that time to work with him, my mentor and my friend. And I've been travel director for the last five years. Really happy to be doing what I'm doing. Now, you said that you studied at Western Michigan, and you talked about how you went into radio. What was it that that intrigued you about media, about radio specifically, that made you want to pursue that as a career? Well, when I was in high school, Fruitport High School, in fact, uh, one of the uh, the people who was just one of those people in your life that you meet along the way that has a great impact on you, my speech teacher, Roger Scudder, just out of the, out of the blue, I just happened to be uh, interacting with him on Facebook just today. So strange. 
I had to go through speech class like everybody else did. I was a shy high school kid. I was a stutterer. Still am technically, but I learned to deal with that. And I was just shy. I couldn't speak before groups. And and I had to, to pass that class. Well, I almost got through the class. I didn't do all the speeches I had to do. And I'd become friends with, with uh, Roger. And I figured, oh, he's still going to pass me. You know, I did enough. And then he failed me. I mean, it's the only class I ever flunked. And then during that time of taking it over again, he had put together kind of this radio TV program as part of the curriculum. And I really got the bug on that and learned to be comfortable speaking before groups and speaking uh, in broadcast form and doing TV and radio. And that led me to to want to do TV and radio as a career that kind of brought me to where I am today. You know, you never know what's what failure is going to launch you into success in a totally different way. So I'm very thankful that I was flunked back in 11th grade or 10th grade, I guess it was, in Fruitport High School. That is awesome. Talk about turning a weakness into a strength. You know, I'm a big believer in skill stacking. So it's kind of cool that you were able to take that experience from way back in high school and undoubtedly it has actually helped you throughout the career throughout everything that you've done and really helped you to get your message out. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you never know what experiences are going to form who you become. And basically all of them lead to who you will be in the future. And and I just really was blessed to have found somebody like uh, Roger, who, uh, who who noticed I was a young guy dealing with some issues at, you know, family life. My, my dad was then a practicing alcoholic. I didn't really see him that much. And I think I was really looking for, um, you know, that kind of, that father type of, or big brother type relationship. And I found it in him and uh, grew to uh, trust him. So when he said, listen, this is something you can do. You need to have confidence and, and, and you can have confidence to get this done. Well, that really stuck with me as much as I knew my parents loved me and, and uh, tried to nurture me in their own way. Sometimes you need that, that push from somebody who can look at you in a different way and you could look at them in a different way and say, well, that person really believes in me. I better live up to that belief. That's, that's really what I think, you know, got me going in, uh, into the communications world and, and truly changed my life. You know, that actually seems to be a recurring theme with some of the guests that I have on this podcast. It seems that somebody else in their life along their path saw something in them that they did not see in themselves. Yeah, it's actually a story of my life. Uh, and if I, you, you look at uh, you know time as it's gone by, there have been people, including my parents and my, my siblings and all that and my good friends, but others who I've come across uh, professionally who've kind of uh, gotten me to either either go into a different direction or launched me to a different level because of their belief in me. And sometimes because of their lack of belief in me, by the way, because you certainly can learn from some of those kind of more negative experiences. I certainly feel like I've done that over the years, continue to. And it seems like my attitude about business and about life has been formed through more for failure and uh, difficult situations than from success. I really am a big believer in, uh, you know, James T. Kirk in Star Trek. He said that uh, he didn't believe in any, you know, no win situations or scenarios, I think he said. And, uh, and, and I absolutely agree with that philosophy. And I think that was formed from a combination of uh, big challenges that I didn't know how to get through or whatever. And then 
just kind of learning over time that if you never give up, never surrender, you can turn anything into a positive. Even the really horrible, difficult challenges that you meet along the way, there are always two signs to a, two sides to a coin. You know, so when you're dealing with these difficult situations, like the virus issue the country is dealing with right now, we have to also realize that that good things come out of bad. And as we, as a world right now, are coming together through separation, I think we're going to have a better appreciation for the fact that uh, coming together is a very good thing and trying to find ways to come together and not just fight about everything. Remember just a short time ago, we were fighting about politics like crazy. You couldn't, couldn't even bring up politics without having your good friends yell at you. And um, that's mostly gone away. And I see that as a very good thing. And I don't expect that to last forever, but I want to enjoy that while we can as uh, one of those good things that's that's happening during this uh, difficult time. Sure. And I know that we talked about people that may have seen things in your life. And for you, for being in radio, is there anybody in the radio industry that you looked up to? Oh, so many people, uh, people that I've worked with that uh, others um, might might not uh, know well uh, because they've been, you know, small, small town radio type of things. A fellow by the name of Doug Chapkis was my first general manager, just a really good man. And he's still around and we connect every so often. And it kind of keeps, keeps on going on and on and on over, over time. I've met so many really good people in the broadcast industry. I really miss it, frankly, in so many ways. But the nice thing about uh, working for Travel Michigan, I still get to interact with the media, these people who I kind of think are, you know, my people, so to speak. And it's so connected in this world of promoting travel and tourism. Uh, it's just so many people along the way. And you said that you were working in radio at the time, but then you started working at the Myers Corporation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you say or why did you decide to join Myers? Well, I, I actually didn't like the fact that it was getting almost impossible to, uh, to work for a, a small local radio station and still providing, you know, all the programming support that you should be able to do for a local community. I see, you know, small town radio as being public service. And, and I kind of missed that as uh, more and more radio stations were being bought up in groups and it seems to have worked out pretty well now, but we're talking years ago. I just didn't like the way it was going. So I saw that uh, Meyer had a, a media buyer opportunity and well, I sold radio and bought radio and other media over the years. So I was lucky enough to have been hired by one of my mentors, Paul Smarto, over at the uh, Meyer Corporation in the marketing department. And while I was there doing media buys, I remember he came to me one day and he said, you know, we should be able to do something more with the uh, co-op dollars that we get from our consumer goods partners. And, you know, the, the retail business, uh, quite often a retailer will get some dollars to help promote a certain product or a certain brand. So we thought about that and we developed what, what's now known as collaborative marketing in the, in the retail world. We just kind of fell into it. We didn't know what we were doing. But we came up with this kind of new way, this new approach where we wouldn't only take a brand's money and then do with it what we want. We actually listened to them and, and, and found ways to share the value in their brands with the value in ours. And in doing so, we put together promotional programs that would sell more of their product at our stores. And in fact, 
more the entire category of the product, like if we were selling a certain cereal brand, what we found with doing the right type of promotion, we could increase the entire sales of all cereal at the, at the store. And interestingly enough, the really big promotions, we could impact the, the sale of cereal at all retailers in the area. It was pretty phenomenal being able to learn as I went along the way with leadership from people like Paul Smarto and Tom Valella and Kathy Cooper it was really fantastic in, in this having this learning opportunity. And Meyer was great to allow us to do that. And it was actually while I was at Meyer that George Zimmerman, our former travel director, came along one day. He was looking to have Meyer support uh, Travel Michigan in a promotion. And and uh, we happened to meet. He told me he was looking for a number two after a few meetings. And I thought, well, I'd apply for it. Just check it out. Just go through the process. I was happy at Meyer. And then as he showed me the you know, the resume or the, the job description, I thought, wow, this thing's made for me. So uh, they hired me. And then I had the predicament of living 102.4 miles away from the office. And what was I going to do about that? Sweet Moses. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, so it's 18 years later. I'm still taking that drive most days. So as of last uh, October, I, I had driven a million miles for Travel Michigan. Can't say I'm proud of that, about that, but but it is what it is. Uh, we, we love living in West Michigan, near Lake Michigan. And my, my wife made it very clear when I accepted the job that I could take the job as long as we don't move. So <laughs> we both... <laughs> It's all good. So you said that you were looking at Travel Michigan. You were looking at the job requirements and you said, wow, this is just for me. And it seems that you're you're making some pretty big leaps when it comes to your career. Like you went into radio and now you're working at Myers. Now you're looking at Travel Michigan. What made you decide to jump from one vertical to another? Well, it's interesting. You know, I think so often we think of only our our paid jobs in um, in leading us in certain directions. But uh, when I was in radio, I had an interest in in trying to help communities. So I'd gotten involved in festivals like the Coast Guard Festival in Grand Haven and some of the Muskegon festivals as well. And over time, got to understand the communication needs of various festivals, how to manage festivals and put them together. And in effect, kind of became a consultant for other festivals, helping them along the way. And just doing that as a hobby or as a public service, really, never got paid for it, didn't want to. I, I had a paid job. I just wanted to help the local communities. And so it's interesting. When I went to Meyer, I, I kept volunteering for these things and working in that area. And when the Travel Michigan opportunity came around, they were looking for somebody with a communication set of experiences, uh, having some kind of an understanding of small business and large and, and how to assist businesses. And that's what we do at Travel Michigan and the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. People think we're just having a good old time promoting travel and tourism, but it's really about helping businesses do what they need to do to uh, encourage people to travel and to go places and to be hospitable to all those travelers. So that combination of experience of work and uh, kind of like my, my community volunteerism really led me to where I am today. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of I think people to think that when you transition from one career path to another, that maybe there's not a a straight path there. But I always tell young kids in college when I get to talk to them that as you're looking at your career, you should never look at it as one straight path. You know exactly where you're going to go because there are all these 
these side roads and alleys that come along your way. And you need to be open to those possibilities and, and opportunities because your, your connected experiences and all the things that you learn along the way might lead you on another path that will be rewarding for you, fulfilling, and even be a good uh, way to make your living. It's interesting that you say that because when I reflect back on my path and where I started out, I wanted to be an aerospace engineer so bad that I could taste it. And I did that for a number of years, but my my path gradually changed. It shifted. Other interests popped up. People inspired me and they motivated me. And now here I am running a podcast, getting to talk to really cool people like you. So it is, it's weird, but it's also awesome how life just seems to lead you down these alternate paths. Well, you never know. You know, you were asking me about, um, you know, great people in radio. And one of the people I had met along the way when I was at Meyer as a media buyer was a fellow by the name of Tim High. He was at WJR Radio, best sales rep I ever dealt with. And he and I became friends over time. And he's the one that actually told me that, hey, you know, you need to talk to George Zimmerman about this Travel Michigan job because, you know, look at this job description. You know, it really is made for you. So he was the one that first kind of opened up my eyes to that. And then I talked to George about it. You know, you just never know who you meet along the way who will be great network connectors for you. Funny enough, now Tim is the uh, Convention Visitors Bureau director at the Mackinac Island Convention Visitors Bureau. So, you know, these, these paths do lead us in interesting directions. Today's episode is brought to you by Pet Angel Adoption and Rescue. If you're a pet lover like I am, you know that cats can bring all kinds of joy into your life. They're great companions while you read the newspaper or even binge watch your favorite Netflix show. Now, Pet Angel Adoption and Rescue is located in Frankenmuth. They are a no-kill cat shelter that diligently works to find homeless kitties a loving home. Each cat is fixed, vaccinated, and microchipped before going to their forever home. And while the cats are waiting for you, they are loved and cared for by their superb all-volunteer staff. So if you want to support Pet Angel Adoption, you can visit them at their Patreon page at patreon.com slash petangeladopt, or you can join their community of over 10,000 pet lovers on Facebook at Pet Angel Adopt. Links are in the show notes below. And all donations to Pet Angel Adoption are tax deductible because they are a 501c3 nonprofit. Now, back to the show. I have to ask this question, and I know that I'm probably glossing over a lot. You're working for Travel Michigan, and then the campaign or the idea for Pure Michigan is born. Talk to us a little bit about the genesis of that idea. It was about uh, 15 or 16 years ago. Uh, I'll never forget, George came in. Actually, he called me to his office, and I walked in, and he he just looked at me, and he said, you know, I think we're ready. And I, I said, ready for what? is I think we're ready to really to launch a brand that tells the true story of what Michigan is to the country and to really improve travel and tourism for the state of Michigan. And so we talked about it for a bit. And and, and basically, um, he had come from uh, Texas and, and Ohio. So he he had come to Michigan as, as uh, somebody who had been somewhere else. And I think because he had this, this broader perspective, what's really out there and the experiences that are out in the country, he knew better than somebody who'd grown up here that this is a pretty special place. And so his thought was that uh, first, 
Call of Duty is to try to figure out what our brand message is. So we brought together, I mean, there were 200 people, I would bet, who were part of the the discussion of what Michigan really is as a brand. You know, people quite often think Pure Michigan is just a slogan or a logo. But in reality, Pure Michigan is just a word, uh, a phrase that 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 represents all the good things that Michigan is, a place with abundant natural beauty and authentic experiences and unique places and friendly people. And going through that process, we had kind of identified that and put that together in, in a written form of what we felt Michigan was. And then we went to advertising agencies. And we ended up picking McCann Erickson out of Birmingham. They're still our agency of record because they really got it. They really understood how to present Michigan as it truly is from our perspective, these beautiful places. So when you see those wonderful ads with the voice of Tim Allen and the music of Cider House Rules and everything, that's the work of McCann Erickson. And they were taking kind of the the brand platform that that so many people participated in throughout the state that that had an understanding of what they felt Pure Michigan really is or what that brand that we now know of as Pure Michigan uh, really is. Before this interview, I spent some time going back over the, the Pure Michigan commercials that aired on TV and a lot of the interviews that you've done. And I have to say that I think that the Pure Michigan campaign, in my humble opinion, it's brilliant. You know, you somehow managed to be able to capture the wide diversity that is Michigan, the four seasons, the the beautiful countryside, almost this nostalgic childhood that as watching these commercials, I'm like, man, I remember doing that as a kid or I remember experiencing that with with my parents and just the whole different dichotomies that are in Michigan and and the different uh, forces that are here and somehow your campaign made that all gel together. And your campaign does just a, just does, does a great job of capturing all that. Well, you know, the, a brand always has to, to be truthful to what it is. It's a huge mistake when product marketers try to, try to tell a story of, of a product, whatever it is, whether it's a candy bar or in our case, a destination, when they try to tell a story that's not true. So what we've always tried to do is tell that story from a perspective that we think is honest and that will tell the experience to people uh, that they can expect to, to, to receive this type of an experience when they come here. And, and it's one of the other things that I'm, I'm always telling uh, students at advertising uh, classes and such that um, you can't fake a brand. It is what it is. Now, you can, you can adjust the brand positively or negatively through the things that that brand represents, but you really can't change it. And I agree with you completely on that one. And when we're speaking of brands, and here's a question that I've got to ask, and I know it's gotten a lot of notoriety out there, but the Pure Michigan Parent, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it's out there. What do you think of that? What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know you've made it when people are commonly parroting you. Um, and John Kerfoot put together a whole series of, uh, you know, his his slant on <laughs> pure Michigan in a videos he shared on uh, uh, social media and such. And uh, the funny thing is, you know, if not for the language he he uses here and there, which is a little salty here and there, I'd probably show those those uh, parody ads more often. And when I'm when I'm speaking to groups. Because they're really funny, and I think he really has an interesting <laughs> perspective on 
Michigan is, but you know you've made it when people are are making jokes about you. You've been involved for a number of years now with the Pure Michigan campaign and what your work with Travel Michigan. Why don't you share with us what was one of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome to get this campaign up and running? Well, originally, I think people were really starving for a brand to represent the state. Uh, That was during the Granholm administration, and uh, she was coming in. She wanted to to really make a big, bold statement that uh, Michigan's best times had not passed it by. You got to remember, it was pretty bad back then. The economy was in horrible shape. I think people had given up on their belief that uh, Michigan was a state worth fighting for. People who lived here during that time, if they really think back, they'll remember those times. Interestingly enough, we've had it so good for so long, I think people forgot those times. Yeah, I suppose that's good to some degree, but they also lose appreciation for an effort like Pure Michigan when you've forgotten the positive impact it's had. So when we developed the campaign, you know, it was obvious that this was going to be, be a big hit. That was followed up, of course, by uh, Governor Snyder, who came in and actually uh, supported the program even to a greater degree. It's had a great impact on the economy. Uh, it's had a great return on investment. But I think that Over time, the most valuable thing about the Pure Michigan program is that it did remind people that this is a pretty special place that we live in. I mean, people who are here. It reminded people who live here that we should be thankful for what we have here because this is an awesome place. And I mean, when I was in college, I remember all of my friends wanting to leave the state. They couldn't wait to get out of the state, you know, the greener pastures and all. Interestingly enough, they've almost all come back now as they're getting close to their retirement or as they are retiring uh, because they better appreciate uh, now who we are, what we are. So I think that the number one value of Pure Michigan has been this engendering of pride because when people are proud about anything they're involved in, they will better support it. When you believe in it, when you have pride in it, you will support it. And uh, that's the experience we've noticed. It's interesting that you say that because after I graduated from college and I got my aerospace engineering degree, I moved to Southern California and I lived there for over 20 years. But it wasn't until like perhaps these these past few years that I was traveling back to Michigan and I was starting to spend more time here that I started remembering just how special this place was and how it like really started to feel more like home. And, you know, it didn't take too long uh, with some, you know, things that were in my personal life and whatnot that, you know, I sold my houses, moved back to Michigan and, you know, here I am, but it's just, it's just beautiful being back in Michigan once again. Well, I'm a big winter fan. My my wife years ago got me to uh, really appreciate winter. I'm I was probably that average person who couldn't wait for spring, but she was a big winter lover. Got me out there doing things and skiing and uh, just enjoying the beauty of a, a you know a snowy day and realizing that uh, with every good thing there's some challenges along the way as well, like snow plowing and such. But um, you know the fact that we have four seasons and that that we get to enjoy them is such a great thing. So we're always trying to encourage people, get out there because that's the secret to life is don't just sit back and complain. 
you know, get out there, be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. And when it comes to travel and tourism, that means get out there and enjoy pure Michigan. And that sounds like the end of a commercial right there. (laughs) No, I I would have said your trip begins at Michigan.org. So here's a question for you. And I'm a big fan of travel and tourism as well. But is there, throughout this campaign, is there any single point that stands out to you? And what I mean by that is where you impacted somebody or you just thought to yourself, wow, I'm really doing something special here. Yeah, you know, when we were developing the brand, I spent a long t- lot of time on George's behalf and on our office's behalf, being out in the industry and really trying to understand the needs of the travel industry and what the travel industry really is. You know, this whole thing about people thinking it's just golf courses and ski resorts is aggravating for me. And I don't think we've done a good enough job to explain that travel and tourism is just about everything. It really is. As I went out there and, and, and talked to people, I remember being up in Munising and met with a group up there and I said, uh, hey guys, you know, we don't have all the answers, but I think we're pretty good at what we do. And we're developing this this brand and, and we're inviting you to to be part of the co-op program and you can invest here and there and then we'll 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 match those dollars and help promote your area. And I, I'm really excited about this. I think it's going to be great. Well, the meeting ended and I had this hotelier come up to me and he was an old youper, not really old, but uh, he's a youper who kind of questioned government at all, especially from Lansing. And he said, you know what, Dave, you know, I know you're sincere, but we've heard this before. And, you know, people come here, they say they're going to do things and they never do. So I hope you're, you're different. And I said, well, I'm, I am different than that. And, and I'm not saying that, that your assessment about Lansing is correct, but I have to tell you that Lansing's got a lot of really good people who are trying to do the right thing, trying to, trying to help the people of Michigan. And, and I'm one of those people. If you fast forward now, years later, after the campaign went into effect and communities like uh, Munising really started to notice the positive impacts. And I was at another meeting uh, where that same fellow was there and he came up to me afterward with tears in his eyes. He said, Dave, I've never told you this, but I want to apologize for my, my comments I made to you years ago. He said, you have saved my family business. You know, you have saved us. That's something I can't forget. Sweet Moses, that is powerful. Okay, uh, so I've got to ask this question, and and I, so as I told you before, I, I absolutely love marketing. What does Pure Michigan mean to you? Well, it's interesting. You know, I kind of know the brand points, um, as I mentioned earlier, but Pure Michigan really is, in essence, all that is good about the state and to some degree the other things as well because we're not perfect. We never pretended to be. Uh, you look at a place like Detroit and how it's changed, but it's it's never going to be perfect. Nothing is. Um, so I think what Pure Michigan is as a brand really is uh, telling the story of a place that's that's trying to be better every day and uh, that offers all these great experiences for travelers. But we're trying to be better, and and we have this grittiness and this tenacity to never give up. And I think that does a lot about the people who are here. And that is uh, the essence of what Pure Michigan is. It really is about the people, our diverse group of people, 
uh, especially the fact that we're a two-peninsula state, two-big peninsula state that has uh, communities that are pretty different in those two different areas. But still, we are one, and we're, we're thriving in many ways, even though we're dealing with a big situation right now. We'll get through that as well because that's who we are. We're people who don't give up, and we're always a people that are part of the greater solution and uh, whatever that happens to be. So for our audience, if there's somebody out there who maybe wants to connect with you or find out uh, what it is that you're doing or follow you online, what would be the best way for them to connect with you? Well, a couple things. You can always, um, is it Friend Me on Facebook? I always forget what the titles are. Friend Me, Like Me, whatever it is this week. <laughs> and yeah, So, you know, do that. I'm on uh, Facebook, just Dave Lorenz. Do that. I'm always happy to to get more people uh, to both follow me and so I can follow them as well. We we really always do say your trip begins at Michigan.org. So as you are uh, preparing your thoughts for travel, maybe a little bit delayed this year, but we know that eventually you're going to want to get out there and there's going to be a big pent up demand for travel, by the way. So I'm recommending that the people connect with us through all of our social media platforms at Pure Michigan, but also by going to Michigan.org and making their their travel plans uh, for later on in the summer and in the fall. I think the fall is going to be the new summer this year. Get out there and then connect with us through all these ways at uh, Pure Michigan as well. Awesome, Dave. I have thoroughly enjoyed this interview. Thanking you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Hey, I enjoyed it too. Thanks, Cliff. Hey everyone, real quick before you bounce, if you want to join me on this journey to learn more from these fascinating community leaders, then hit the subscribe button at the top of your podcast player, and I will catch you in the next episode.